Welcome to the Aging Project podcast. Thank you for being here. I'm your host, Shelley Craft. As I've got older, I've come to realize we all need advice when it comes to aging well. So for season one of the show, I've pulled together the best possible support team for us. Doctors, researchers, coaches, and creatives. Nothing is off limits. Food and nutrition, movement and mobility, menopause and gut health. Finding a sense of meaning. I want to cover it all. I believe with the Aging Project community banded together, our choices will be infinitely better, more informed, more considered. So if like me, you believe aging well starts now, then let's get going and start learning from some of the best. Welcome to today's episode. I've always been a manifester. I've always been someone who has been able to see, feel, smell, touch where I want to go. Today's conversation with Georgie Coughlin got me asking, what do I want to manifest for my future? And I hope it does the same for you. Life can get busy. We can find ourselves getting pulled from one thing to the next, which is why I love the idea of each of us creating our own vision in the form of a vision board. Yes, we do it for properties. Perhaps we do it for holidays. But have you ever done this for yourself? What do you want to create more or less of in your life? Perhaps for you, it means slowing down or more time with loved ones, having more fun, better health, or are you up for a career reinvention? Maybe just doing more of what you're already doing. Whatever it is, this episode will get you thinking. I'll see you on the other side. You and I have got this this gorgeous connection from way, way, way back when I was at Channel 9 and you were at 7. I think you were doing great outdoors at the time and I was doing reporting for travel on Channel 9. And I suppose in a way, we'll, I don't know, there's a real connection there and kindred spirits with you and I. I've always looked at, as you were saying those words about me, I was thinking, isn't that interesting? I've always thought the reverse about you as a beautiful free spirit who's followed her intuition, her authenticity. So it's just beautiful to be here. And I love the whole concept of this podcast. It is fantastic, isn't it? Look, I'd love to take credit for it and say it was my idea, but it's not. It was the (laughs) idea of my fabulous friend, Amanda, and she has brought together all these extraordinary women with incredible stories about just how to, A, get over big things in our life that happen and how we push through those and and draw from them in a positive way, Um, and also getting some great just life skills about how to deal with those things or deal with the day-to-day or make ourselves that little bit better and embrace the next 50 years of our life, which really, I mean, I'm 45 now, so I would love to think I had at least 50 years to go. And what the (laughs) hell am I going to do with them? That's the big question. (laughs) Well, it's interesting, Shelley. I've done a lot of reflection about that in the past, I think probably four or five years, but maybe intensely in the last 12 months. I've just turned 46 and I really feel that It is the best time of my life and the prime time of my life. And my internal mantra has always been, I get better with age every single time. Like I've never had that. Yes, you have self-doubts every now and then of thinking, okay, am I washed up? Is that ish? Was that the last gig? Was that the last dream that I'm going to achieve? And that's a fleeting Mm -hmm. moment for me. And that's maybe a bad day. Like we all have, it might be when the world seems too much with the pandemic. It might be that you've taken on someone's negativity and you've compared yourself to someone else. I I think the biggest thing I'd want to talk about today, well, is that 
Mark Twain said that comparison is the death of joy. And that is a mantra I live by (laughs) all of the time. I never compare myself to anyone else. Deepak Chopra is one of my gurus and I listen to him and I use his Chopra app pretty much every day. And his line that I always live my life by is everything I desire is within me. And that sort of can sound really airy-fairy and, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. But when you really break it down, it's so true. It's everything I desire and want to become is all within me (laughs) and within my soul and my spirit. So I never, ever compare. And I feel like at 46, mother of one child, um, not by choice, always wanted to have three three or four kids. And I sit here now as a 46 year old and I sometimes can get caught up in comparing and age and Mm. wow, I'm only four years off 50, but Shelly, my overriding mantra is always, no, this is just the beginning. I haven't even begun is what I sometimes say to myself in days when I'm absolutely amen to that. (laughs) And isn't it funny when you say that everything you have and everything you desire is within, I see that in my kids and and I do tell my girls that you know you look at them and you think when they were born that's it that's all they get you don't really input anything new there's no place to put a new card in there and and give them more information what they really are and who they really are is already there from day one but you forget that about yourself don't you absolutely you do and and I think you in this age of Instagram, as, as powerful as that can be, and I try and use Instagram as a really positive tool, I'm really selective with who I follow and has to be nourishing and connect with me on some sort of spiritual nourishing level. It's so easy for these young people to get caught up in being beautiful, thin, successful, but if you just keep going inward the whole time, the answer is inward. And I think the answer is always inward for the way we approach ageing. And for me, the number one thing would probably be authenticity. And what does it mean to be authentic? Because you know when you Mm -hmm. meet someone who's authentic compared to when you meet someone that you're just questioning, wow, they just seem too happy. (laughs) They just seem (laughs) too nice and they're just friends with everyone. And and that's not meant to come from a judgy place. It just comes from me from more of an intuitive feeling that I get. So I've always felt that authenticity is like a superpower mm-hmm. that no one can take away from you. And I believe that authenticity <laughs> comes from knowing who you are and having really strong boundaries in your life. I think too it comes from still t- staying in touch with that child within. And I know you were a crazy equestrian when you were younger, obviously something that started at a very young age. I was a horse rider as well. But the fact that you've carried that on through your life and you still now ride every day, is that something that keeps you in touch with who you were in adverted commas or keeps you who you are now, that, that one thing that you've stuck with your whole life? Absolutely. I think it's about connecting with what brings me joy. So when I reflect on what brings me joy, I think as adults, we tend to push that away. We get so caught up in the stresses of life, career, what we're meant to do, what we think success is, that we don't often sit down and write the list of actually what what brings me joy? What are the simple things that take me back, as you said, to that inner child, that young Georgie that was on the back of the horse bareback with not a worry in the world, bolting around the paddock without even a bridle on, Shelley, like just Honestly, sometimes it'd be lucky to have a halter and a lead rope, no helmet. I mean, I freak out now. If oh, you loose, crazy maniac, you. <laughs> <laughs> like if she gets on the horse without a helmet, I give her the ride act. 
So that's it. Yeah, it's that those moments of joy. What brings you joy? And what um, and you've got to soak those in. I don't necessarily subscribe to the mantra of always being happy. I think that for me is not something. Happiness for me is like a very fleeting state of mind that we all try mm. and get to all the time. That it, that's not realistic for me. But what I do is I say to myself, what can bring me a moment of joy? So I had one yesterday here on the farm. Molly Rose is on her pony. I'd ridden my warm blood mare and she wanted to go down the bottom paddock and have a bolt around as she did as a kid. And I just watched her fly around the paddock at 100 miles an hour, like my heart's in my mouth as a mother, oh, yes. of course. But the joy on her face and the freedom she felt and I made myself check in and think this is joy, like this is a moment yes. of joy because when we talk about being vulnerable, which is another passion of mine, showing our vulnerability, I'm really open on Insta. I talk a lot about how I feel. I talk about my anxiety to try and make other people feel that they can talk about theirs. One of the mm-hmm. most vulnerable emotions that we we can feel often is joy, letting ourselves feel the joy and surrender to it and open our arms and our heart up to the sky <laughs> and suck it in. That's that's hard. <laughs> when, when I show joy here in the kitchen or when I let go a little bit and start dancing around, the first thing the girls say to me is, are you drunk, mummy? <laughs> I say, no, I'm actually just really happy for a moment. Is that okay? Um, because we do, we try to control ourselves so much, don't we? And even if you are having a little giggle on the inside, don't keep it on the inside, just let it out. And if that means that you're, you know, you're punch drunk or you're drunk on happiness, well, why is that so embarrassing to show people, even your own kids? Absolutely. But it is, it's a vulnerability and it's hard to, in a world where when we when we let us, because I think the fear too, Shelley, is when we let ourselves go into joy, there's almost that foreboding of like, oh, this is too good, Something something's bad's going to happen. Foreboding mm-hmm. joy kicks in of like, oh, it can't all be this good, what's going to go wrong? So I've really made sure that as I get older and older, those moments of joy that come into my life, I grab them and I soak them in and I just embrace them and and I'm really, really present in that moment. I love the fact that you do share so openly on Instagram and it's something I haven't really mastered yet, I guess, having started in the media so young, I think I was 17 or 18 when I was first on air, I've always just, you know, sort of portrayed this one part of myself, but I've kept the other part to myself. Um, it's it's really wonderful to see you just so open and honest and, as you say, offering that to, to everyone, all your friends and fans and followers along the way. Um, what do you get back from, from doing that? And I'm not talking about comments or whatever, but what does it actually give you? Is it a relief? Is it just the fact that you're saying, hey, I'm, I'm here and I'm open if you want to have a chat? What do you actually get back from it? I'm always thinking about my intention. Why am I doing it? And the reason why I do it and I share it is to make people feel that they're not alone in that awful experience. Because we all feel if this is sort of everyone, what we think everyone is, we think all society and communities is all here. They're all connected. They're all happy. They're all whatever. And we feel out here. Like we feel like an outlier when we feel anxiety or depression or our mental health is not right. And so we feel like we're always looking back. And so I suppose what I get out of it is helping others is something that just brings me immense joy and trying to connect others to how they're feeling and make them feel that they're not alone that's what I get out of it. I I get up and think Mm. if I'm struggling with this and if I'm feeling like an outlier, there has to be hundreds of thousands of other people that are feeling exactly the same way. 
So if I mm. can be someone that uses my voice for good and my platform for good, that just brings me an enormous sense of peace. And I think it's the healing. I just, I'm a bit, I've had incredible healers in my life and people I've gone to for help. And I just want to be that person to someone else, not for any Hmm. reason for myself, but to just make people feel more connected and make people feel that Hmm. everything's okay. You're okay. You're very normal. And that we are all connected together in some way as human beings in this, in this incredible planet. So how are you enjoying the ageing project so far? You know this is our first series of the podcast and if there is anything that you would like to hear or talk about, perhaps for series two, we would love to hear from you. So reach out at The Ageing Project. We are here for you, we are a community and we cannot wait to connect. That is at The Ageing Project. I think your work on The Circle was some of my favourite and I know you've had many jobs um, over the years and, and particularly in media, but that was really like a woman's group, wasn't it? It was the woman's circle and you had some incredible mentors there as well um, amongst Denise Drysdale and other fabulous names um, in Australia. Was that sort of an opening up for you? Was that the chance where you said to, to sort of say to yourself, well, I'm safe with this group of people. I can be a little bit more me than just that that guarded person that, um, that we're used to showing other people. Absolutely, Shelley, that beautiful sisterhood and having all of those women there and in a really pivotal time in my life too when I got pregnant with our daughter, having those women there because that's a hard road mm. to navigate being in the media and you're you'll be you know that that pressure to come back after having a baby having those women and Pam Barnes as our executive producer as a woman it was a really nurturing fun supportive environment and it was also confronting as well though because when you have four four women it's like a band member it's like when you look at the Beatles, you, you're really quick to go, oh, Ringo was this, oh, but Paul McCartney was this one. We're really quick to label. <laughs> and so I also got the label of, oh, Georgie's the controlled one and she's the organised one and she's the one that pulls everyone in together. And so there were elements of that that were also a little confronting because I had to go, oh, okay, yeah, is that is that me? And do I want that label? And am I living up to that <laughs> label? Um, you know, Denise was the, the beautiful, hilarious one. So she was the one that had all the fun. But her and I always had a really great relationship as I did with everyone on screen and also behind the scenes as well. That was where the magic occurred. That's why you got such chemistry on the couch is because behind the scenes when we're all getting changed, like we'd have Chrissy, Yumi, Denise and I all in a change room in our undies. And that's when you get to know people and that you're completely vulnerable. And (laughs) so there are so many elements of that job and we're all working mothers in different ways like Denise's kids were much older but she was still a working mum because she was still looking after them and Chrissy had just had um, Leo and she was about to have Kit so and Yumi had her two girls so it was a really rare way of doing a show live every day when you have that sort of support and you have all those women going through and all the production teams they all had they're all working mums and working dads as well so yeah, it was really special. And it was, I think, the first job, you're right, Shelley, in that I felt like I was really starting to come home to who I was in my media mm. role and be able to express myself for the person that I was for the first time without any filters on. So that was that was daunting but also really exciting. Yeah, that's it because we've grown up in a time in the media before 
uh, social. Um, so we were able to sort of control what people knew of us and what they saw of us. Was a show like that, I guess, um, as you say, when they offered it to you, was that a, a coming of age? Was that one of those decisions where you went, right, I can either do this and be as vulnerable as possible and, or I just back away from it. And as I said in the intro, you've always been that person to just grab, you know, the bull by the horns and, and take on every challenge. Was that a big decision or, or were you ready for it? I was so ready for it, Shelley. I manifested that job. I said I wanted to work in morning television. Mm-hmm. I wanted to work on a women's show, a panel show, and I want to help others. That didn't that was exist at the time. That didn't <laughs> exist. So I, I wrote all of those things down and then we got wind, my manager and I, that they were auditioning. So I was just, oh, my God, this is it. And I, I was just so focused on this is the role for me and did the audition, got the call back, and they were umming and ahhing a little bit about um, – some of the, the members and so I just got on the email and I just emailed Channel 10 directly, the person that was doing all the casting, and I was like, this needs to be my job. I am born to do this job. Like it was really interesting. It was almost a power bigger than me that was driving me to do it and I just I said to them, I know I've auditioned well but I cannot tell you how much I'm going to be able to do this job well and connect with audiences and I just sort of sold myself based on, this dream that I had yeah and and they basically came back and said okay okay (laughs) like you've auditioned well but you've you've sort of shown us how passionate you are about this and so it felt like it was always meant to be weirdly and I've always had that feeling with with jobs and I've had that feeling recently on the project where such an incredible time but I just knew that my time had come to do something new and something different Mm -hmm and use my skills in a different way. So I just, once I've got that feeling, Shelley, it just doesn't go away. I can't ignore it. It just keeps me up at night. Niggle, niggle, niggle. Niggle, niggles. I've just got to act on it. Just a quick break in today's episode to mention the Aging Project 12-week challenge prize that is worth over $4,000. We want to spoil someone from our community whose life and aging journey has been positively impacted by our podcast and the 12-week challenge because that's why we started this whole thing in the first place, to improve the lives of women. So one lucky person will win all four prizes, which is a three-day mana yoga retreat at Soma in Byron Bay, a Vitamix blender, a Lorna Jane voucher, and if you feel comfortable telling your story, we would love to welcome you as our podcast guest for season two. But that is optional, although I would love you to sit and chat with me. To get involved, just subscribe by visiting theagingproject.com.au and don't forget to visit our socials for updates. We would love you to join our growing community. Now, back to my chat with Georgie. Okay, but you manifested, as you said, it was a, it was that I am going to not only create a, a show that didn't exist at the time, so that came through someone else, but then to actually keep putting it forward and keep putting yourself out there and going for it. So that was that the start of your vision boarding, or have you always been a really um, a planner, I suppose, and a manifester? Or was that the first time that you saw that this is re- this can really happen? I've always been a manifester. I've always been someone who has been able to see, feel, smell, touch where I want to go. And I think it first came, Shelley, from when I had a really heartbreaking and terrible experience in my personal life with a really toxic relationship and the breakdown of that. And I just got stripped back to my core. I was just devastated. And I had to discover a new way of being, really. And someone introduced me to Louise Hay 
you can heal your life. Mm-hmm. And that changed my life. When she, and working with a psychotherapist, an incredible therapist that basically said to me, you can only control yourself. You realize you can't control anyone else in your life. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Like I just, I'd never sort of connected it so simply as that. And Mm -hmm. so once I did all of that work on myself, I worked on myself for like two years, hard, hard, flat out healers, going within working out what I was going to do. And that's when I discovered manifestation in my early 20s when that sort of relationship, sort of mid-20s when that relationship breakdown, I was devastated mm. because I wanted to control my future. I wasn't going to be a victim and I wasn't going to be someone that just said, okay, I'm going to turn into a really bitter and twisted person now who doesn't believe in love, who doesn't believe. I just turned it around and said, no, 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 I know what I want. I'm manifesting my future. I'm manifesting my soulmate. This is who I want to meet. This is the life I'm going to imagine. And I just went to bed every night and imagined it and felt it, saw it, dreamt it, wrote it down, wrote down all the qualities that I wanted in my future partner and which is my beautiful husband today. Like every single one I wrote down, it's come true. So he's got that's He's yeah, got it. <laughs> so that's where my manifesting started. It was from a really dark place and a really painful place. And I realized how powerful it is. So now I use it, Shelley, in pretty much every element of my life, my friendships, my relationships, my work, my career, mm-hmm. everything on this farm that I've created, I've visualized. So it's a really, it's a really important tool for me in my life. And I don't tend to use it for materialistic things as such. I think that's a trap. Um, I don't say I want an Aston Martin mind you I'd say yes if one came along (laughs) but I you know I think that's a danger of of using of just being greedy it's manifested not for being greedy but it's for visualizing um, (laughs) happiness and things that bring you joy in maybe more of a spiritual way a relationship-based way a value-based way that's what's worked for me. Isn't it amazing that it often takes uh, look those dark dark times whether it be um disease, grief, loss, to really give us that opportunity for rebirth, really, isn't it? And I, you know, you wouldn't wish it on anybody, but it seems that trigger is the thing that is the most powerful thing in our lives as we move forward. Um, if only we could get to these places without having to go through such such pain along the way. Absolutely. And I think you can get there. I think really evolved people, and that's, that's part of my intention when I talk to people on Instagram or I consult friends or they come to me, I, I, I say to them, you know, don't wait for that painful tragedy. Change your mm. life now. Don't have to go there. And that's a big message of Brene Brown and Oprah, two of my most important healers and women that I admire so much and I listen to all the time, is their whole point is to they're doing all this work and putting this out into the world so that you don't have to get yeah. to the tragedy and you don't have yeah. to go for that painful place. Obviously, if you do have to go to the painful place, it it shifts you into gear pretty quickly. You don't really have mm-hmm. a choice. But the rebirth, But you've got to find the good in it, right? Which is where oh, where we are now, where we've come from. It's so beautiful, Shelley. And you've got to have the bad wine before you can taste the good. And I wouldn't be the woman I am here now as a 46-year-old. I wouldn't have the depth, the skills. I don't have all the answers. I've still got a lot of growing to do and, and I've got a lot of work to keep doing on myself. But I wouldn't even have the curiosity, I don't think, if I hadn't have gone mm-hmm. through that experience. I would be numb. I could have chosen to stay in that lane and mm-hmm. that lane would have made me a very numb, pained, sad, bitter woman. 
at 46. And you don't want to be there and you're certainly far, far from that. <laughs> so you, I heard on your Insta the, uh, recently that you have a new vision board now, obviously leaving the project, just throwing it to the wind, although it's not really throwing it to the wind for you, is there? There is a plan. Uh, what is on your vision board now? What's next for Georgie? Oh, Shelley. Yeah, it's it's exciting. It's really exciting because I've done the whole, okay, that was amazing and I've had a really good reflection about, I've worked in news a lot in my career, which I've loved, but the reason I loved the project was because there was the news angle, of course, but there was so much lightheartedness and the laughter and the comedy is what I love the most about that job. Yeah, I feel like we've had enough news lately. <laughs> Let's get rid of well, the news altogether. <laughs> I'm sort of, and I'm at that point in my in my career as well. I think I'm done with that and I'm ready to move into the more creative element of my personality. As you mentioned, like doing The Masked Singer was just such a career highlight, playing Monster, and that really rekindled as I walked out into the stage I just reconnected with that inner child that you spoke about and her dreams. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is what I love. This is absolutely what I love the most. It's where I feel at home. It lifts my soul. I can't tell you what it does to me. I'm transformed to another place. I can't even remember some of those performances. Whether you're on stage performing um, in a musical or whether you're in a ball ground at the Christmas carols or whether you're in a monster costume, it still gives you that that thrill and that tingle. It's There's almost nothing else like it, Shelley. Like for me, it's a, it's a higher state of being. So I just really, during Masked Singer, it really hit me. I was like, I need to do this more. And then I did my show after the Masked Singer in Melbourne and just... I just loved it so much. And I thought, why aren't I doing more of this? So I'm really on my vision board now is a lot more singing performances. I'd love to do concert. I'd love to work in a bit of animation. That's something I've always wanted to do using my voice there and maybe going into some, you know, going back to that performer route. I did musical theatre. Mm-hmm. I did the Queen musical with Ben Elton and Brian May and Roger Taylor and loved that. Extraordinary. So maybe musical theatre again, Shelley. Like not a not a super, super, super long show. I don't want to be on the road too long so I've got a family. So maybe a shorter stint. Mm-hmm. But that's where I'm sort of heading now. And that combined with helping women, I'm really passionate about working with women I'd love to hold lunches here at the farm where we have a psychotherapist and maybe a meditative person meditation and healers and helping women be the best version of themselves is something I'm really passionate about Mm -hmm. as well so they're things that stay on your vision board all the time and then you move other pictures around is it is it a physical vision board (laughs) that you've got or is it in here yep no it's physical so it's like a big um huge big sort of a3 and it's really interesting that you do you do adjust it and change it to based on I have it in my bedroom so every morning I wake up I can look at it and clock it and I have words on it too I say to people it doesn't there's no rules for a vision board it's your vision board so I have photos of one of the photos for example is just something really um uh what's the word I want there um like it's just indulgent. I've got a photo of Italy because I cannot wait to travel again. So I've got a photo oh, of day, Italy. One yes, one day. And then I've got things <laughs> like rest rest and play. So I've written rest and play because I've worked out that being able to play with my daughter, with myself, like fun is something that I haven't prioritised enough probably in the last <laughs> few years. It's been about the hotel and work and busy, busy, busy. So rest and play is up there in big capital letters to remind me to value that and find time for that and and put some energy into that. And then I've got my little projects, like I'll have collaboration with such and such. I'll have 
yes, do a movie. I'll have maybe acting with question mark. And then I'll have um, a picture of the stables we're building for the horses at the moment. So I've had that visualised for two years and we've almost finished that mm-hmm. now. And it's just magical to walk down there and sort of go, oh, my God, this was on my vision board. Um, and I'll take off what I've achieved. So the couple of things I've, I've been able to look at and go, I did that. So I've taken that off and I'll put put something else up as well. And photos of girlfriends. I think you need so- to write a book called The Great Manifesta. <laughs> You're incredible. It, and I have photos of I have photos of my girlfriends, for example, and say more time with people who nourish me. And that's something mm-hmm. that I really value on my vision board. So it's not always things and places to do and, and things to bring into your life. Sometimes it's and one of one one of the things I've got written up there is Molly Rose and I get closer every year. Molly Rose and I ride together in our teenage years. Simon and I keep growing and evolving as a couple because they're things that that I really value and that I really want to put energy into. And I find that whatever we give energy to grows. So is it part of your daily routine to check in with that board or is it something that you, yeah, you wake up and you look at that and you go, right, I'm on the case today? Or how does your day sort of roll out? Do you have a daily routine now that you're not working it near your home? (laughs) I'm trying to get better at it, Shelley. Like I've always had this dream of being this person that get. I read the five, you know, five thirty a.m. book club. Have you ever read that? No. Well, it's this great <laughs> book, right? I, I am lacking. This is this is my self discovery working here with the Aging Project because I've got to this age just by the seat of my pants. Let's be honest. Um, and so now is my time to actually find out all those things that I'm obviously a happy person, but what brings me joy? What do I want to do? What am I going to do for the next year? So I'm drawing on all of you to find my routines, <laughs> my books, <laughs> basically sucking you all for information to make the next fifty years of my life great. <laughs> so I'll write well, that one down. <laughs> there's a good there's a great book called the 5 a.m club 5 30 a.m club and it's that whole idea that if when you get up at 5 30 you've got at least two hours of being super super productive so people exercise or meditate but use the time really creatively and another book untamed by glennon doyle you have to read incredible she gets up at 4 30 now that's a little bit too crazy for me and she'll argue that she'd rather be creative for two hours in the morning her best time before the house wakes up than watching you know, some Netflix series at night. She she weighs mm-hmm. that up and says, I'd rather do that and the productivity and the joy she gets from that. So I've tried. I do love my sleep, so it's hard. But <laughs> when I'm organised, Shelley, my morning routine is to get up, have a cup of tea and sit down and journal straight away. So whatever comes into your head. It doesn't have to be, any, it can be anything you like. It can be I had a terrible night's sleep. But you'll be amazed at what comes out. So you just journal and just keep writing and writing and writing. And things just come out, ideas come out, feelings, thoughts. It's it's really transformative. And when I can have that time to for me and the cup of tea and then I'll do a meditation by mm-hmm. Deepak Chopra, I just find that the day is so much calmer and I'm things just flow off me a lot better than if I don't. And ideally, if I can exercise, I'm a big, I love running. Running is the one thing that um, really clears my mind. So that would be my, and that's when I would reflect on my goals, visions, where I'm headed, what I'm doing, do a bit of gratitude journaling in that. Love it. You got it all. You're doing it all. We had a fabulous uh, lady that I spoke to the other day. She had the four M's. So it was make your bed, 
is the first thing that gets up and I guess that just sets the tone for the day. Uh, move your body, which I, I loved. She then had your mantra or meditate or write down that motivation for the day and then music, put on some tunes and actually have a, have a dance and have some fun. But journaling was a huge part of that as well and it keeps coming up time and time again. I think that idea of starting the day well is, is you know, does set you up for a fabulous day ahead. But then even if it is a slippery slope to nighttime, I'm wondering whether nighttime routines are something that can bring you back and no matter what went crazy during the day, if you even have that one thing that you do at night, every night, um, to sort of set the tone for it wasn't all bad or it wasn't all out of control, you can actually bring it back at the end of the day as well. Do, do you do anything before bed? I always read, so try and stay off my phone, always read, read a great book and always do a meditation. So my hubby and I, I'm like, you ready? But it's only 10 minutes because that time of the night, I find if I start meditating, I'm just asleep, you know, within 10 minutes. So again, always do my Chopra meditation. His voice just calms me, stills me. As soon as his voice starts, I'm in that, oh, everything's going to be okay mode. So yeah, always do a little, because at night is when for me, anxiety would kick in or stresses from work or the hotel Tick, 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 tick. So I have to make sure that there's like a bed down process. I know you've worked with some incredibly inspirational women, as we said, um, Lisa Wilkinson being one of them, and I'm sure you've got many, many others. What's the best piece of advice that you have been given or that you've taken on board over the years from perhaps those women who are a little bit older than us? Um, I have been really lucky to have really generous people that I've worked with, like really want to help you are very generous with their advice and their support. Probably the by default, not so much because I find those women are lovely that they don't preach and they don't tend to give you mm. that's that's part of their magic is they don't sit you down and tell you what to do. They usually just model it. So probably the modeling that's been the most influential for me has been that they've got really strong boundaries. And I think boundaries are I'm a huge boundary queen. I'm all about the boundaries. So Healthy boundaries is when I've looked at women that are really successful and have been able to model, particularly, as you know, the harsh, toxic nature sometimes of the media and that you can't take in what all of the comments and what people say and think about you, otherwise you'd never be happy. Mm. So, yeah, really healthy boundaries, knowing who you are and being selective with who you share your story with is really important. Mm-hmm. So what, what would one of those boundaries, what do they even look like? Where do you set those? Professionally and personally, I suppose they're really different, but professionally a boundary would be if somebody asks you in your role to do something that you intuitively are not really comfortable with, and an example would be that Mm. on air. We're going to talk about, I'll give a really flippant example, but we're going to talk about the royals and the scandal with blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And if you intuitively are like, that's just gossip to me, I just don't find that nourishing, Mm. It's being able to say in the meeting, in the production meeting, I don't feel comfortable saying that on the panel. I don't think we should be I don't think we should be discussing this as a show. I don't think it's in our best interests. I think it's just tabloid crap. And I think our time could be better spent doing a segment that um, is going to be a lot more nourishing for our viewers. And the same with, you know, particular politicians who are just there to get the limelight and get the news bait and get the click. I would be really vocal and say, I'm not prepared to speak to him and add fuel to this story because this is not a story well it's hard you've got and I went into that job Shelley with that whole attitude that I'm going to be opinionated and I'm going to be myself because otherwise why am I doing the job 
you know, the audience knows when you're being inauthentic and the audience can see when a presenter's been put in a really awkward position and you're not aligned with the show. So that would be, I was really strong with boundaries on on all the shows that I've worked on, but particularly Project because it's so fast-paced, it's live, it's... um, you can very easily get caught up in trying to cover the story that everyone thinks you should be covering and mm. that the execs are covering. Mm. Well, it's not the execs that are on air that are going to cop it. And so yeah. I was really, really powerful with that. I, I, I sort of never really backed down. That's very, very brave, really brave. Um, and, you know, we've all been in those meetings or um, I'm sure we've felt those situations, even if, if it's a way that perhaps um, someone's talking to you just in your everyday life. Sometimes you just think, oh, no, I'll just back away from that rather than actually stepping forward and, and saying what you really think. And that's empowering, isn't it? Absolutely it is. And you know, a friend to all is a friend to none has always been my match with people. If people are sort of have no boundaries and are all really lapsy-daisy mm. and like I just, I'm always wary. I never trust anyone that doesn't have boundaries. I, I think boundaries are a, a really important way to make sure that you, boundaries are all about self-care, really. They're not about attacking, even if you don't want a certain person in your life because they're toxic. It's not necessarily about attacking and being nasty to that person. It's about when I'm around that person, I get anxiety. I don't feel good about myself. I do things that don't make me feel comfortable. So boundaries about self-care. And that's the way I try and sell them to people that are really struggling with boundaries. I'm like, but aren't you really suffering from this person being in your life? Or aren't you really suffering from this relationship and the way he asks you to do this or the way your girlfriend does that? Yeah, I am. So, okay, let's, let's put them in a context of these are about self-care. So, and and a, a great <laughs> test, Shelley, when you want to test someone's emotional intelligence, put a boundary in place and see what happens. And the most unintelligent person emotionally in the room will have the biggest tantrum. It's a really interesting <laughs> phenomenon because they can't I think stand we're all it. going to do that sometime today. Because <laughs> you think about that really toxic person in your life or a toxic colleague or a boss, when you put a boundary in place, if they react to that and really carry on, it's because they've lost control. Whereas a really evolved person who respects your rights will just go, I, I, I respect your boundaries. I understand. No mm-hmm. worries. I mightn't agree with them, but I really respect them. Some amazing learnings, Georgie. You are an inc- incredible woman. And I've said that, for, you know, all the way through today. And I've thought it for a long, long time. The next 50 years for you are going to be quite extraordinary. You've got some hags there, some big, hairy, audacious goals, and also some <laughs> lovely things that I know you're going to achieve and enjoy along the way. And uh, look, we look forward to following your journey. And until we see you pop up on our tellies again somewhere, of course, everyone can just keep in touch with you on your Instagram, which is this amazing platform that you have really opened yourself up to. It's not all beautiful pictures, although there are some beautiful pictures, but um, some <laughs> terrific inspiration there for every everybody male female young old you are yeah one top chick so I can't wait to see where the next door that you open takes you and we'll certainly be following your journey and you are as I said the epitome of aging well thank you for your time today darling oh Shelley you are such a beautiful joyful person thank you so much and thank you for your trust today and for providing such a beautiful platform with this podcast to help all of us feel connected Isn't Georgie just a delightful breath of fresh air? And look, her list of mantras, I love every one of them. Firstly, I get better with age. Number two, everything I have is within me. And that's something I tell my girls all the time. 
this one. This is just the beginning. I'm just getting started. And to say that at over 40, she's got me. She's a winner. She's also got me wanting to connect with what brings me joy. And she's taught me how to manifest it all. So this is great. This week, I will be doing my own vision board along with you. So thank you so much for being here, everyone. Don't forget Georgie's advice about strong and healthy boundaries. I'm sure we all need a review of those in our own lives. So until next week, remember aging well begins with small daily choices. All the best. I'm Shelley Craft and this is the Aging Project Podcast. The Aging Project is brought to you by Poly Studio. They're our go-to team for all things podcasting.